Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're annoying. I was trying to do a tune to the to the Squid Game. Did you didn't you didn't hear the? Huh, huh. You didn't hear the? <laughs> no. Oh, I was, I was trying to do something. I was I was trying to do the. <laughs> I thought you were at with it. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Squid Games? Okay, never mind. It was the way you did the lips, too. I said, I got to get out of okay. here. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Extra, extra strategy, perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you guys were ever wondering, yes, we are related. We are sisters. <laughs> you can't tell. All right, why you, why you make that face? Like, you know something, I don't know. Uh, why you made that face? <laughs> I just wanted to make the face. You're disturbing me. It's okay. In my face. It's okay. Shit. Anywho, <laughs> we would like it's to welcome that you old all. Ass lady off of Martin that one that will always be drunk. Why is it? Why? First of all, I do not sound like her. How you, you said that? How you said that? <laughs> no, that's not how I do not sound like her. Anywho, we would like to welcome you all to another episode of the Bro Black Bougie Podcast, where we create candid conversations about life, money, and wellness for black women. And it's relatable because we've all been there. Women have it to make it on less than our worth. We do so while setting trends, spreading black assness, and ultimately busting our tails to live our best life. If you're wondering why I'm laughing as I'm trying to get through this intro, it's because Toya is over here shaking her fucking twist, just like Kid from Kid and Play. And I've had enough of it. I didn't, we done went through three damn takes already. And it's just... And the shit ain't getting old. <laughs> I put you off, motherfucker. This nigga here. I've had enough. It's giving... Stop. Drop! No. Shut them down, open up shop. You're, you're everything that oh, needs to be shut down. No. <laughs> That's perfect how you said it. You're everything that needs to stop. No. <laughs> you're not a rough rider, so please don't. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. Don't nobody want to go lyric, for lyrical me in this song, so don't do it. We got to show you the Niggas want to try. No. <laughs> how can I maintain... With that shit on my brain. I skipped the lyric, but you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I know what she said, but she did, you, you said it at the most, the most perfect time. Yeah, I did, because please. All right. Now, speaking of stopping and dropping and shutting down and open up shopping, we need to talk about and resurface, right, this conversation that we've had on multiple occasions about work-life balance and work culture and toxicity and walking away from job positions. Toy and I have recently had so many conversations about this because we've been informed that over, what, 4.3 million Americans have quit their jobs. That was in August, right? And the number has definitely shot up, you know, um, to in October, one in four workers, um, being reported to have quit they jo- quit their jobs this year and it's continuing to progress and while people are saying that oh it's because people don't want to work it's really not that people don't want to work it's that people are saying we deserve more and we're tired of working at jobs that are no longer suiting us and so we've had a conversation about the great resignation and our stories on, you know, quitting job positions that no longer were suiting us within the pandemic. And um, coming up, we will be unpacking um, some narratives about, you know, our job positions individually. Me having the first episode, which will be very long. It will be only me on that episode. Um, but really unpacking my narratives and the different experiences that I've had that made me recognize how toxic um, the workforce can be corporate America, whiteness within workspaces, how violent um, that really is. And I remember sharing a few weeks back a post on the Burp Black Bougie Instagram about like why I quit my job and that dynamic and how it was so relatable to, you know, our Burp Black Bougie community. And so today we thought it would be a great conversation once again to revisit some of the lessons that we learned within our older positions, current positions, just about some things that we all could look out for, right, Um, regarding our jobs, because 
our jobs don't gotta be our lives and our lives don't have to be our jobs so are you ready to get into this politicking segment i'm ready or are you ready to continue to bullshit party and bullshit party and bullshit i don't even know why i signed up for this (laughs) (laughs) you ran right into that one me and mother have to have a talk (laughs) let's get into it so entering into this politicking segment right we're talking about the lessons that we learned work lessons that we learned that have become life lessons and so my first question to you Toya is what are one of the work lessons that have become life lessons that you've learned throughout the duration of you working within healthcare taking a vacation please expand um having the ability to step away when it is needed. Mm-hmm. Having the ability to know that if you are getting to a point in your job that um, is causing you burnout, mm-hmm. sometimes it's best to take a vacation and step away. Yes. Whatever time you need to do, I mean, you, you need to do that for, step away. For somebody that we know personally mm-hmm. that has really worked and worked and worked and when they do have when when they happen to have a vacation it's more so them focusing on getting back as soon as possible because things are going to be hectic when you take a vacation you don't think about the job mm-hmm. you leave the job with the job <laughs> it should not be on your mind 24 7 after you just left and you're on your vacation for a whole entire week or or more whatever whatever it is that, that you're doing at this moment in time but really, truly take that time and, 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 and to evaluate some things, to evaluate whether or not if this is something that you can still see yourself doing within the next five to ten years. Yep. Um, if there's room for growth, for advancement, mm-hmm. really taking the time to, to, to just rest, whatever that may be. I definitely agree. I would, you know, piggyback off that by saying... The culture that we grew up around, especially with work, was that we saw people work, 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 work. We saw people who worked so much that they couldn't afford a vacation or, you know, they held down multiple jobs and still wasn't able to afford a vacation or they held down that one job. And their idea of, you know, being on a vacation was resting and resting in itself is liberation but it's also one of those things where it's like you've never been on a trip you've never did this you've never gone here you've never gone there Mm -hmm. and that is so essential to see things outside of the bubble that we exist in Mm -hmm. because these jobs have a very funny way of making us think that we have to eat breathe sleep live the job even when we are away from the job it's like we are bounded to them Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the case and I think for me I didn't recognize the value of Uh, vacationing until I got jobs that allowed me the ability to oh I get to take this much time off I never heard of this like you know one job that I've worked it it was so slow to accumulate time Mm -hmm. um, off where the next job that I worked because it was quote-unquote considered a prestigious position I've got so much time, but I wasn't really able to utilize that time until the summertime. Or, you know, there was even a moment where we got the rest of the month off to just relax and that came at a at a place of, of, of tension, right? Um, but there were also moments where even within that job, when I was working six months straight, busting my ass, I was not allowed during our busy season to take off time. And that's when we needed to take off time the most in order to regroup and recharge. And I just felt like I was living my life on a time period that didn't really fit for me right and fluidity really matters within the space that i'm in in my life right now right. and so being able to have that flexibility of taking off time is so crucial and important yeah with with that being said mm-hmm. how can i how can i phrase this phrase this here for you do you think for a lot of us if we had the ability to take more than two weeks time off the way that we're seeing this influx of the great resignation 
is taking place? Do you think that that was something that that that, that would still be happening at the rate that, at the rate that is happening? I know there's other things involved with it, but yet I think that being one one of the one of the things that is attached to that. I would say yes and no. And here's why. Um, people, especially the LLCers on Twitter, love to be like, "Oh, I'm never want to nine to five. I I only get two weeks, y'all, for the rest of my life." And this and that. It's like actually no. There are certain nine to fives where you can get hella time off. There are certain nine to fives where your company gives you so much time mm-hmm. that you just take that time off. There's so many jobs where you work remotely. You don't even be thinking about the big vacation or, or whatever because you can hop on a plane and work from anywhere. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Having those flexibilities. I think the the real reason why people have walked away is because they recognize that their jobs are not suiting them. Right. In whatever capacity that means. Right. Vacation, mm-hmm. pay, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, relationship dynamics on the job. Um, healthcare. Healthcare, the type of work, benefits, all of those things, they, mm-hmm. they matter. And And... I think one of the things that really stood out to me is, you know, and and I think I saw this with Chick-fil-A maybe, where they had, you know, their people working from home and doing orders. I say, y'all made technology for this shit, but where is this existing in the world any other time? The alternative way of living that people have operated in COVID is the traditional way we can operate standard outside of a pandemic. Right. And those things didn't become an option until everything hit the fan. Right. And they should have always been an option. But the reason why it's not an option because it gives too much to those who need it the most. And that is not profitable for an organization. Because we live in a racialized, capitalistic society. It's, I really feel like it is a part of it. And I think for me, if I, like, like I said, my old job gave plenty of time on the off-season... Some of the time that you couldn't even use fully. But that wasn't enough for me. Right. Because on the on season, I was struggling like hell. Mm-hmm. And that's when the time you, like you said, you needed it the most to take some time off. Just right. to recoup. Mm-hmm. You think about that. They got, you know, a company that's having you guys work under extraneous, under strenuous conditions. And mm-hmm. yet you guys are, are burnt out. Mm-hmm. So now you're operating on E. You really don't have much to give this. This, this, you're, not, you're not able to give you 110% because you're, you're, you're mentally and physically exhausted. So how do, you, how do you make sure that the people who are working for you are supported the way that they need to be supported? We have seen in the media. We have seen in the media with individuals who are on, going on strike because... Yeah. The companies are not meeting their employees' needs when it comes to raises, mm-hmm. which has been a huge thing mm-hmm. since this pandemic has hit. Right. When it has come down to the benefit packages for them and for their families. Right. When it has come down to making sure the work conditions is suited for these people's excuse me, people to work rather at these companies. Yeah. I think so many things have been neglected for so for for so 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 long, and now stuff has been coming to light. You can't hide from it now. You can't ignore what what people are seeing. Oh yeah, most definitely. And um, I have to find the term for it, but you know, people are terming it's like you know the the. Um, during the Great Depression, there were all of these terms created about workers who didn't want to work right so they were group and you know also considered lazy and all of these different things and it's just like no people want to work jobs where they have equitable pay and all and and the true meaning of the word equity okay Mm -hmm. people want to have benefits whether they are working part-time whether they are working full-time. People want to be able to have flexibility, mm-hmm. right? People want to be able to work at a place that actually cares about them, not conditions them to be be slaves. And, you know, the thing that I think about the most is, because people love to loosely use, oh, we're, I feel like a slave. It, you you would never know what that feels like. Right. But being exploited is something that is very closely related to, you know, enslavement right and i think exploitation is really key here because 
like, you know, Karis LeVay has said on multiple occasions, the U.S. has operated out of chattel slavery for such a short period of time. We've operated longer in chattel slavery than we have in this current system that we see today. And so there's going to be flaws. There's going to be uh, exploitation issues. There's going to be equity issues. Mm-hmm. You know, people love to say diversity, equity, and, and inclusion and not even be true to the work. Y'all have all of these trainings and still your key players are moving out of the organization. The, the, the only black people you got are saying, oh, nope, um, get, get the fuck up out of here. Y'all, not, are, y'all are not truly paying attention to the way that these workspaces are oppressive and i feel like the only reason why they're even uh giving those quote-unquote seminars or whatever have you Mm -hmm. to uh uh their employees is to save their ass yes because all all these all these corporations are not operating within that 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 text of diversity and inclusion and cultural understanding none of that's being operating in that so don't feed us the bullshit now yeah because cause it, cause you want it to benefit you. Because you want it to benefit you. Right. You want to see like, oh no, I, I'm, I'm cooperating with what's taking place. And I'm, I'm in the quote unquote know of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Who is it benefiting? Right. Or, or are you just playing this game? And do you think if you were to cooperate with your employees that they would stick with the organization for a period of time until they retire? If they were being treated Mm-hmm. In the manner mm-hmm. which they desired. Yes. Talk about it. Because the truth is, a lot of these organizations could be doing a lot more. Recently, the Sphinx creator, right? Um, don't know her name, but the Sphinx creator ended up, I saw, I saw an article about it, gifting all of her employees $10,000 and some like vacation time for them to do whatever that they, that they want with it. Um, also recognizing that they've fallen on hard times. The pandemic has been really rough. Like, you know, what the hell is going on? That's a blessing. And that is a blessing because so many people need that. But that's how you need to move. You need to move outside of this framework of this is what it means to have a job. This is what it means to be an employee. This is what it means to be a boss. This is the type of company I want to run. Blah, 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 blah. Because we operate in these oppressive spaces because that's all the fuck we know. That's all the fuck we know. And... You know, people don't want to do away from it because they want to be considered a boss. I want to be considered a a, a CEO. I want to run my company this way. And it's just like, it's really fucking disgusting because these scenarios exist not only for adults, but also for kids who are coming into this industry, you know, or these industries. Like, you know, I talked about um, me being 16 and having my first job and, you know, then then being experiencing corporate America through an externship program in my high school. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned there, and I guess this is lesson two, is always demand respect yes. for yourself. Yes. Because I, I that was my first encounter with microaggressions within a workplace that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Smile when you walk in. Stop by each of our cubicles and smile at us. Stop by each of our cubicles before you leave out so we know that you're not stealing time, right? Because that's basically what that type of behavior is. Oh, you're complaining too much about standing on your feet to look at files when it wasn't an efficient way. You know, having a white woman literally throw pamphlets at me because I was unable to finish a particular project within a time frame that I told her that that was not going to be doable. Right. So you encounter these spaces and you're almost shocked because you don't know how to stand up for yourself. You don't have the right, you know, words to to say what you need to say, even though it doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't feel right. And then it really takes a lot out of you to experience that so young and recognizing, is this what the work world is like? And is what, what do I need to do to create a protective bubble around myself? It's not that I'm going to... Forget everything that is happening around me. Right. But I'm not, I'm not even going to bar myself from everything that is going to happen. But I right. need to create some type of tools that I can use right. to navigate these spaces. And if I didn't have those experiences earlier on, I don't know if I would have been able to survive the shit that I experienced in my early 20s. It just goes to show that, you know, you uh, 
lessons learned at a very early age. You take those, like you said, you take you take that with you, mm-hmm. and you build a, a fence around you, protect an individual protective fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah you take along you know, as, as as you progress through your journey as an adult, mm-hmm. to know how to maneuver when you come up with situations like that. Yep, you know. Um, what do you think right now, as we're sitting here, you would have said to her knowing what you know now at that age? I would have told her she is out of her goddamn mind <laughs> to be, I, I know sugar, you are out of your goddamn mind. You would have wanted none of your children to be sitting up here right now having somebody toss some shit at them. Because they informed you early on that something was going to work. I don't know what you are thinking, Mm -hmm. but you don't own me. Mm -hmm. Okay? And as far as I'm concerned, you could take these damn pamphlets and you do this shit on your own. Because I'm done. Mm -hmm. I would have quit right then and there because it was only me and her in that room. Mm -hmm. And she later ended up apologizing to it, but it wasn't good enough for me. Because the look in her face, the caring shit that she did, it really, I felt so little in that moment. Mm-hmm. I felt so fucking little in that moment. I was disgusted. I, Mary is her name. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a whole lot of motherfucking lambs in that motherfucker because <laughs> I could not. You know, so right. to, to this day, I don't know what exactly that would look like. But I still remember what it felt like. Right. You know. Right. But I would have I would have tore her ass a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I <laughs> for you, you started at a very early age um, with employment mm-hmm. at 16. I started a little bit later due to my situation. Mm-hmm. So I started at the age of 21, mm-hmm. 2021, mm-hmm. with being employed at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And my first encounter came with a nurse that I was working with that. Me being the only individual um, tech on the floor. Black, only black woman. Only black woman on the floor and working with all these nurses. Expecting me to do all these EKGs and um, vitals. And it's like, you know, all the extra added stuff. And, you know, you're not willing to even help me. You know, that somebody had to go in for surgery. So, as I'm sitting in the back area, she goes, you know, you haven't been... Um, she said, you know, I asked you to do something. I asked you to do something, and yet you didn't bother to do it. I said, first of all, I'm the only person that's here, and yet I'm, I'm occupying my time with another individual, and yet if you know what needs to be done, and you're talking about it, why can't you end up doing it? She ends up, she ends up spazzing out on me. That enraged me. Still a new employee. I wanted to take off my badge and meet this bitch in the parking lot. It was to the point where I could have lost it all at that at that very pinnacle moment with her going off like that. Because my whole intention, I just blacked out. I had to calm myself down because I was going to lose my job that day. Coming out of college, trying to make cash to pay off the loans that I had that I knew that was coming up. And this bitch comes at me like this. Oh, it took me a mighty long time to calm down. And I said, fuck them, because I let them niggas hang in that whole rest of the day. I did what I wanted to do that day. I was pissed. Did you talk to anybody about it? I tried to approach her about it, to have a discussion, uh, an, an adult discussion, about what took place was unprofessional. And once again, straight attitude. The shit, I didn't let go. I let shit cool down. The next day we worked together. And I, and I expressed to her what situation that, that wasn't called for. It could have been a discussion had about what was going on. It could have easily been said, you know what? If you need us to help you, let us know. But always with the fuck Karen shit. Mm-hmm. Very disturbed. Did we get over it at that moment? Yes. But like you said, the feeling that I had at that moment... It doesn't it, go. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And it makes you angry because they think that they can talk to you any kind of way. 
And by they, let's be explicit, the whites, okay? Interacting with white people in workspaces are very violent, are very fucking violent. And it's like, you're not fucking God, okay? Number one. Number two, white supremacy is a very real thing. And yes. you're fucking frolicking in this shit. Like, la, 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 And the way you get approached oftentimes in workspaces, especially in predominantly white spaces from, you know, my personal experiences, are, like, very violent. Like, you're, you're always wrong. And you're the problem. And if something's not going right, we're going to turn to the Negro in the room. And we're going to figure out what the hell is going on. And "Mm, this is too touchy. This is this is too this. And we're going to violate you first and then be gentle. And it's like, I'm fucking human. Mm -hmm. You're going to treat me with humanity first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And recognize that the shit that you're doing is not going to work. If you want to talk to your baby... If you want to like, talk to your sons like this, you ain't going to talk to me like this. But the reason why you're talking to me like this is because I'm a black body and you think you can get away mm-hmm. with being as violent as you are. Right. And nobody fucking checks them or recognize how that often reinforms how we feel in these spaces. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking be integrated into y'all foolishness. At all. At all. I want to be able to do my work get paid and move on to other things that I truly care about. But these fucking Karens make it so hard. These Karen, these Brads, these Johnnies, I've had enough. And then it's always the quote unquote apology after the fact that you want to explain what took place. And it's like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tired of hearing the BS. Yeah. We have seen this happen more than more than one occasion mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. individuals that that have been toxic, and the target has been black individuals. Yep, and you are doing yourself a disservice if you really don't know what that person had to say is that and what they could do to you. But based upon what they're doing as of right now, <laughs> that can whoop your ass. That that can jeopardize their position. They're maintaining, or they're coming at you in a way that you don't know how to how to take. What just what was what was what was said to you? Right, because they kindly told you. They kindly told your ass off, and they gave your ass a warning within them kindly telling, telling your you ass off. off. Yeah, but the thing is, why why do we even have to exist in spaces like this in the first place? They, we know that they exist. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Corporations like, know they exist. Yeah, when but, you have to have, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you it angers me when you have to have fucking um 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 competencies about this stuff. Yeah. You know this shit exists. Training. The, the training. Yeah the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the trainings that, 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 that you have to have for this. Come on, you know it exists. And I just play too much into respectability politics to me. And I, I get that, you know, in many ways, as a black body, respectability politics has always existed as a means of survival. But being a respectable Negro is not what I am. And it took me a while to get out of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, because it felt very safe and wanted to be, oh, well, no, 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 that's not right. who the, who the right. fuck I am. Right, right, right. right. So right. getting out of that space and recognizing that the, the respectable politics that you force upon black people is toxic as fuck because you're asking me to eat your shit. And that I'm not going to do. Period. Because what is that? What does that do? What nutrients is that giving me? How does that make me sleep at night? How does it make me breathe easier? How does it take away stress? You got so many of us coming from these job positions and we're young and we hear that, oh, you get into a good job. You stayed there for a few years. You level up and you get the shadow. You just stand there. I'm a hop until, until, until one of the legs get, uh, one of my foot, feet get cut off. My what, what, foot get cut off. Excuse me. You damn right. Kuta <laughs> <laughs> Kente reference. Kuta Kente reference. And I'm, I'm very serious because y'all want people to eat the shit that you put on our plate. And be like, oh no, it's it's good for you. You'll 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 get full, but you you wouldn't eat it your damn self. Like, it doesn't make sense. But that shit ain't sufficient. It's not sufficient. And what you giving me is bullshit. It is bullshit. So how do so like you said, you know, us operating out of respectability politics, that's out the fucking window. 
but for some of us that still exists how do you, how do we begin to step away from that because so many people are afraid of losing out on quote unquote what they feel is their their foundation when you enter a job this is another lesson that I've learned when you enter a job you always need to prepare for an exit whether you are saving mm-hmm. moving up mm-hmm. right moving out of a certain position moving mm-hmm. into something else you always need to prepare and have a bag in order mm-hmm. cuz you never know what can happen that's true and the moment you don't and some shit hits the fan mm-hmm. you are fragile cuz you don't have enough stability to lean on right and i've faced that lesson too many times got fired from a job didn't have nothing to fall back on from starting that job. I started that job with the intentions that that was going to be what was going to make me my money and my cushion so I could just build off for the rest of that. Right. <laughs> no, I should have been doing that in my previous job position. Right. And I'm saying this shit as if some of us got that type of wiggle room and we don't because we don't fucking make enough. But the reality is we always need to be thinking a step ahead. Planning for different job positions, keeping our network, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Always position ourselves and think about our future because we don't do enough of that. Right. And I'm not saying we don't do do enough of it because, oh, we don't think like that. No, no, no. I do believe we do. But when we're in certain positions, we just be like, oh, this is great for now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But keep it in the back of your mind. Some shit go left. We'll make sure you're good. Right. We just at at the moment basically what you're saying is that we exist we exist in the present yeah and not focus on what we can what we what we're gonna have in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whether or not if we see ourselves in this position in the near future and and that's hard because as black bodies we be getting eliminated left and fucking right dying early having stress affect our health not getting paid enough living the fucking squid game. Living the quote unquote paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. Yes. Which is not sufficient enough for us to even build, you know, so that we can walk away. And it's not only for us to build. I think about it from an environmental standpoint. Mm-hmm. Not being able to escape if we needed to really truly escape. Mm. We don't have the means to escape. Talk about it. Survival. Yes. That leaves you, fin- financial vulnerability can kill you. We hear all the time about storms and shit that happened down south. And and oftentimes when I was at my lowest, I would often think like, damn, if I was living there right now, I don't, I don't even know how I would get out. And then, you know, you think about those who weren't, unfortunately, able to get out. Yeah. And you hear about death tolls and this, that, and a third. And it's just like... It's it just it's like a it 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 comes full circle because you think about um you know when we were discussing earlier today about um one of the pharmacies that was around the corner from here mm-hmm. and how it was basically uh, a quote unquote uh um place that a lot of uh, uh community would come to get you know uh. Um, their prescriptions, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, their, their uh, necessities for like they needed for their house, mm-hmm. and yet it just abruptly closed during the during the pandemic. Yeah, and now you leave those who quote unquote can't necessarily or or don't have the means to purchase a vehicle, access transportation, transportation. They have to go miles away from their home in order to access the most closest pharmacy the, to the, them. The, and the, the most crucial medication that they, that they may need at that moment, mm-hmm. and it's not accessible Mm -hmm. so now where do these individuals go you know a lot of things play in my head as we were talking about this stuff yeah and like it ties into you know what we have been seeing but this shit has been playing out for quite some time yeah for quite some time you break down the demographics of who it affects more than anything Mm -hmm. and i you know, I, I, I often think because I had a conversation with somebody who said that one of the lessons he got was even if somebody spit on you, treat you this, da, 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 you don't never let them get you out of a bag. And I was like, out of what fucking bag? 
I, your face. No, your face for real. killed me. Your face killed me. Out of what bag? I was so disgusted. If somebody spit on you, a white person spit on you, you supposed to eat that shit? Out of what fucking bag? Because the bag you paying ain't worth your fucking. In- they paying ain't worth your integrity. No, it's not. It ain't worth your well being. No, it's not. You damn sure ain't getting economic liberation off that bitch. So you might as well uh, ease on down the road. We have to stop feeling like we are tied to places simply for survival. And I've been there. I've been on the side of the road doing work for my J-O-B. Being harassed by people. And saying to myself, I got to stay here because I don't have nothing else. And recognizing how trapped you are. How trapped you are and how scarcity makes you that trap when you feel like there's nothing else more valuable than the abuse that you are facing. It is just like a violent relationship. A, domest- a domesticated violence relationship, yeah. yeah. Inter-partner violence, seriously. Yeah. yeah. You constantly get abused. And then all of a sudden, your abuser comes back and tells you that they're sorry. They're sorry, and, and I'm okay. It's, it'll be it's all right. Okay. It's going to be all right. And then for the, for the moment, it, it seems like it's getting better. But then something that happens, it comes back with the same entire, the same mm-hmm. exact emotion. But now it's even more intense. Mm-hmm. It's coming at you more frequently than norm. Mm-hmm. And they expect you to deal with this for years at end. And they're saying, you won't leave me. Yeah. I control you. Yeah. You're nothing without me. Yes. Which is so sickening if you think about that. Yeah. It's so sickening. It's so fucking... It's, it's, it's a mind fuck. Yeah. Because they exploit those who they feel like they can control. And it's often those who are the most vulnerable, who are the most var- marginalized, who are the people who, who need need assistance, you know... Um, and the people who they know are you know, financially vulnerable. It kills to be financially vulnerable. It's sickening. And in in this reference, I'm talking about jobs. I'm not talking about a partner. I'm talking about jobs. I'm not talking about, you know, a relative. I'm talking about jobs. Because that's that's the framework. And it's the people who are in leadership. And they say, oh, the, oh, the, the thing is we need, we need diversity. We don't need more motherfuckers who, who we claim to be diverse taking these roles and, and becoming the same motherfucking oppressors. Because we all know what tends to happen when there are non-black people of color in roles who get these positions and are violent as fuck. And then the black bodies who get into leadership roles and assimilate into anti-blackness. It happens. It happens. And so it's not just about having diversity. It's about it's really breaking down these institutional fucking structures. Yes. That keep people dealing with this dynamic. Yes. What is another lesson that you've learned um, as it pertains to work lessons, life lessons? I've been able to truly stay to myself. Mm. Yes. Um, Don't go stealing my things now. Uh, I um, I've learned over the years dealing with the individuals that I have worked with within the hospital setting, along with my my new job. I stay to myself. Yeah. I don't say much of anything. I preserve who I am as an individual. I give you the person we all put on our we all put on a face when we're when we're at work. Mm-hmm. I give you work, Toya. Yeah. You don't even know anything else about me. Mm-hmm. I don't discuss anything else about me. Yep. Because I don't feel you are entitled to know anything else about me. Right. I give you the bare minimum. Yep. So when you ask a question, how was your weekend? It was good. Good. How was yours? It's good. Mm-hmm. And if they want to go in detail, that's their business. I don't choose to do that. Right. I've learned to stay to myself because I've also seen in the workplace things being brought back up that should not be brought back up about someone's personal life. Mm-hmm. 
I've seen things that people talk about and gossip about your own co-workers in front of their and behind their backs, but yet you smile in their face as you're working with them. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, and it's a bitch move. If you could do that to them, you could do that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my thought process to keep my own sanity is to stay to myself. And it's and my, you know one of the co-workers I work with now, he's very observant, and so am I. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure him out. He's trying to figure figure me out. He can't. So certain things I'll say here and there. Most of the time, I won't say much of anything. I come and do my job, and that's that. Which is very important because typically because you spend so much time with these people, they feel entitled to understand you, to want to know who you are, to, you know. And given the the experiences that, you know, you face and that, you know, I've witnessed and also can relate to it's so important to have that protection to have boundaries there was a tweet that was rolling around and it said that oftentimes black women are not even them full selves or if you ask a black employee that you work with or if, or, or if you even knew what they've been through they're not even them full selves that in the workplace and i'm like yeah that's very true and then there also are some spaces where i am my full self right and you, i because still have to set up a, a, a boundary, boundary. Because in some way, shape, or form, you always have to protect yourself. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We're, already in, we're always in a mode of protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't truly, truly be ourselves. No. It has to be a form of protection. Protection has to be a form of protections because we never know what may circle back what relationships may potentially not work right the ill wills of other people right. you know like i don't <laughs> like no. no 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 but what i will say though and the safest that i've ever felt right um was my previous coworkers that i've worked with that i still have a relationship with to to their to this day three of them mm-hmm. Winston, Brittany, and Asia. I'm very grateful for coming across them within the world of policy Mm -hmm. and the things I've learned and the conversations that I've had with them and the way I've grown Mm -hmm. because they were my safe space. Mm -hmm. There were moments that I wanted to give up and I know that they probably have been like, fuck this and didn't didn't do it because it's just like, I get to wake up and see y'all faces in the morning and have a conversation and be together. And even though we've all moved on and, 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 and up and out, mm-hmm. right? Um, leaning on each other and having that type of relationship is so important. It's different being in a workspace with other people you can look at who look like you. Right. Who can feel you. Right. Who can relate to you. Because they understand the pain that you're dealing with. Yes. Who could say, you know, you know that shit wasn't right. Right. Who could text you on the low. Have a conversation with you on the side. Y'all go out to lunch. Y'all talk about shit. Like, that is something that I cherish to this day because it was a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to exist in those type of spaces now. But that shit was a blessing. Because you you often don't see so many of us in predominantly white spaces all in one department like what that, that was how my previous employer my, my previous in uh, a department was yeah a lot of us who looked like each other mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. we understood and yet to this very day like you said we kept we kept we kept close-knit on each other yeah we check in on each other mm-hmm. and we and we know when shit is fucked up because we'll even say it right then and there like, mm-hmm. that shit was fucked up like i don't understand what, what no. i don't know what they were thinking but that's not cool no they didn't right <laughs> like you said that that's where see we we have we have to some way somehow create safe havens for ourselves yep while we're at our workplace it's like changing you know, it's more so like, listen, when I'm only, if I can only give right now 55%, I need you to give me that other 45. Yep. Or they know that you need it. Like, listen, I got you covered. No, don't worry about it. I can see right now that you're stressing out through it. Oh, you're not messing with this person? All right, I'm going to hop in. I'm going to do this with them. And then we just going to rotate. Like, Facts. You get what I'm saying? You know, we know, we know how to make sure we look for each other. We look right. out for each other. I know you we ain't got it. We save ourselves. We save ourselves. Because no one else is going to. I think another lesson that I've learned 
is don't be afraid to walk away. I was so afraid. You ever see somebody, I'm, I'm on the edge. And they, they're saying, you, man, jump. No, I'm too scared. Jump. No, I'm too scared. Now, you thinking that's it's a far fucking drop, but you're not seeing that there's something down there to catch you. Not only that, they're tell, you you saying you, you want to jump, which is your safety net that's right underneath you. Mm-hmm. But behind you is a whole hell of a lot worse if you turn back right now. Right. Everybody else like, man, I'm about to jump. They, <laughs> you don't see them. They, you, don't, you don't know what's going on. But they, somebody telling you to jump. You got to have faith. You got to take that leap. Because, like you said, where you going is way better than where you've been. And sometimes we don't believe ourselves that we are we are great, that we are worthy of having more because of what we've had to encounter, what's been out there. You know, I said once I said once before, you know, we were having a discussion in church one time. Um <laughs> and um you know, I thought about how we look at a car. Mm-hmm. The biggest mirror that's on the that well, the biggest w- uh, window that's in the car is your front mirror, your front with your front win- sure uh, uh, window. You have to see everything in front of you. Yeah. Constantly moving your eyes back and forth as you're driving. If you were a person that was operating from your rear view mirror, you wouldn't make it far. Whatever you left just now in the past should be kept there. Yep. If you're operating in a space that you know is not beneficial to you and you need to jump and you need to get away from that, get away from that. If you looking if you look at behind you and saying like, yo, I need to I need to get this and third, I know I I shouldn't stay here. I know it's not it's not good for my well being. I know it's not good for my family because we're not getting the type of benefit packages we need. Mm-hmm. I know it's not benefiting me because I'm not getting the raises that I truly deserve. And I've came to them more than on more than one occasion and discussed this and yet they're still shutting me down. Then you need to leave. That faith comes in. Yes. I remember you and I had that conversation yep. before you left and things that you were worried about, but you knew you needed to go yep. when you called and you were crying and you were like this, they don't give a fuck about me. Yep. I can't even describe to you the pain that I went through when I was out there on that street trying to do something that I did not truly wanted to do. <laughs> Literally. It came down to even me with my position. Mm-hmm. As things started to get so, to me, reckless during this pandemic. And how we as workers were being treated. But me, me specifically, how I was being treated. Yeah. And you're coming to work, you're not happy, you're angry, you're frustrated. Yep. You're not getting what you truly deserve. Feeling neglected as hell. Feeling neglected as hell. Not getting the support needed. Knowing where everything that's happening thus far is is hacked on ten times more. Mm. I needed to have the exit plan. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I desired that I wanted. Because it needed to work out with my schedule. Mm-hmm. And it was a leap of faith to walk away from what I walked away from. Yes. And I may not have all that I desired to have at that moment when I walked away. But it was necessary for my peace of mind to be living another day to get to what I needed to get to. Sometimes the future plan is greater than what you may see immediately. That. That's a word. I think this basically covers everything. Right, and a lot of the emotions that we've been waiting to to get out. I mean, I mean we took it there, but I think we we took it here. We took it here, you know, definitely. And I think this conversation is so beneficial because we need to be asking ourselves, what are the lessons that we've learned that are life life lessons, and what do we stand by, and what is this job? What does it represent to you? Is it a means to an end? Is it, you know, for you to gain some professional skills? Is it just for you to get a bag? Whatever it is, you know, I've said this before, I say it again, you need to be able to identify those goals so that you can figure out what are those next steps? Because some of us think that, oh, by the time I get 30, I'm gonna get it together. You still be getting it together when you're into your 30s. 
You know, we'd be like, oh, I'm going to be this, that, and the third. And, you know, but by the time you get to the, your 40s, you know yourself. Right. Right. But hopefully it comes with more stability. Right. Less financial vulnerability. Right. And more clarity to say what the fuck you ain't going to take stand for. And, you know, maybe you're someone who and goes into entrepreneurship. But don't be fooled. That also comes with its own twists and turns. Right. Regardless of which, you have to be able to recognize the lessons that you've learned and what they mean to you in your journey. Happy feelings. Happy feelings. All right. What you feeling? What you feeling? What makes you feel good this week or it's good to your spirits this this week do tell (sighs) um just being able to speak to those who are going through the same exact thing that we've been through Mm -hmm. and what makes me happy is is knowing that guys you're not alone with this yep we've experienced this um we just want better for our people yes i want so much better yeah and sometimes it's doing away with the shit that just don't feel right we become accustomed to. Mmm, accustomed. So, <laughs> sometimes, you know, hearing from your elders about what they had to endure and to stick it through, we're not a generation to, to, to deal with that. Right. You know, because we're going to tell you, that's not, that's, <laughs> that ain't it. It just don't work for me, and it just ain't going to work for me. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Mm. So... I just me, me getting just just uh, just happy to, to to discuss our situations, the things that we've experienced, and how to empower our people just to keep moving forward. What about you? I love that. I love that. I think for me, it's celebrating the new journey that I'm on and the time that I have, right to be at home work from home, relax at home, rest at home with feeling like I have to police myself in a way that has been unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You've operated in a space so long that is very much so unhealthy. What brings me happy feelings is recognizing that I'm okay now, even if I don't know what sins in the future. I'm okay. So I'm grateful and I give thanks to the universe and I give thanks to me having the courage to break free. Tying it back to your happy feelings. Yeah. Now we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Broke Black Bougie Podcast. So you know what I'm about to ask for. You know what I'm about to ask for. You know what I'm about to do. Please visit www.brokeblackbougie.com to stay up to all the latest and the greatest. Greatest. Inspiration. Inspiration. All right. All right. (laughs) Through the Broke Black Bougie community. And while you're on the site, be sure to subscribe to the Broke Black Bougie newsletter to stay in touch with all of the upcoming events, tips, conversations that we have online. Right? And so you can be the first to know what's happening online. Mm, my sister, Tilly, 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 Tilly. All right. <laughs>